Hey guys, I've been trialling some revolutionary new swim tech and now you can get your hands on it too. This is EO Swim Better, a swimming evolution in the palm of your hands. Improve your technique with EO Swim Better. Analyze your stroke technique with EO's Swim Better handset. Go to eolab.com, use code BRETT at checkout and save 10%. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. All right, mate, here we go. Dan Wallace, how you doing, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, no worries. Good to catch up. Uh, where are you right now? Uh, I'm uh, in Scotland. That's where I live now, where I'm from. Um, I'm about 30 minutes outside Edinburgh, which is like the big city um, in Scotland and kind of where I grew up. And uh, I've been obviously living away from here for a long time at uh, University of Florida and then mm. spent a few years after swimming kind of living down in london as well um but i've slowly found myself gravitating back to where i'm from which is uh it's been nice it's been good life's good up here there's no place like home hey that's exactly it yeah it's uh it's good like i've got a lot of friends and family around here and stuff and uh, a lot of stuff to kind of keep me grounded and and keep me focused as well so uh yeah it's it's nice to be back yeah Listen, mate, I don't uh, drop back into my past too often uh, with, mm. with the college side of things. I've, I've moved on to, to professional life, but uh, every now and then someone appears in my life and I just remember they gave me headaches and you, you're one of them, <laughs> mate. You gave me bloody headaches. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, it was good fun. We've, uh, we've had a couple of good run-ins, I guess, back in the day. Um, I yeah. was literally just thinking about that as well before this call. Um, <laughs> I, try, I, I do the same. I, I don't really think too much about kind of what's, um already been done i always like to kind of mm. look forward on, on on what's next but uh mm. it's always good to look back and you remember people that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while or haven't seen and um yeah i think we shared some good moments uh over in the states we did mate we did you were you were a tough son of a bitch i remember that you were a tough competitor <laughs> man uh, every time we we just hit the pool deck you were just there you had a little you had a little uh oh there we go we got you back there for a sec um you always had a little grin on your face like you knew you knew what you had you knew what you were capable of and you knew what you're about to do i like that about you it was, it was like a total respect thing you know yeah it's it was uh kind of the perfect environment for that i think everyone mm. there um over at florida auburn and sec or just nc2 swimming in general like it's a really high intense environment so mm. if you're not walking on that poolside kind of backing yourself straight away thinking like this is where I need to be and uh, I can stand up and, and race tough against the best and you're probably in the wrong environment. So that was, uh, that, I, I love that from day one. Um, you, you know, you're quietly confident, you know, it's going to be um, a tough gig out there to, to step up and, and, and race fast so often as well. Um, but 
you know, that's kind of where I developed all my skills uh, was in yeah. those type of environments. Yeah. How'd you end up in Florida? You know, you, you grew up in Scotland. How the hell did you end up in Florida? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. And uh, I uh, essentially, I knew a few people that had gone over to Florida, Gemma Lowe, Gemma Spofforth, um, to name a few, um, who else, Steph Pride was out there, Marco Lochran, and um, I'd, I'd been following them for a while. Uh, and I guess I got to the point where I was like looking at universities over here, um, and I was kind of like, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, hmm. There's a great, you know, it's a great system here in the UK now. We've got some really nice performance centers in Stirling and Bath, Loughborough, uh, where they produce some amazing swimmers. And I uh, I just felt like that wasn't really going to fit into what I wanted to do and wanted to do something a bit different. And, you know, I was pretty naive at the time and I literally just researched and Googled where the fastest 200 medley swimmer was in the world. And obviously mm. that was Ryan. I was locked at the time. Um, mm. So I found out where he trained. He trained at Florida. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to to go and learn from him and, and his teammates and his coaches. And I knew nothing about the NC2A circuit. I didn't know much about which schools were good and which ones to go to. But I just had my eyes firmly set on Florida pretty straight away, mm. pretty quickly on. Um, so I reached out to them and uh, they initially said, kind of like politely said no as far as I wasn't quite at that standard yet. They think they'd taken on a few other international scholarships so there wasn't much cap for me um mm. but they said you know if i i spent the summer maybe improve my time slightly because they can maybe work something out so um i went to like the european juniors this was 2011 european juniors and picked up a couple of silver medals there and made some big drops in my time um and uh yeah they kind of accepted me to go out and I'd never visited the States. I didn't do a recruiting trip like most other people. I think I just maybe knew like deep down, like that I was almost that that's where I needed to go. So there was no mm. worries about like, is it going to pay off? I was like, I need to go and see how the best do it. Uh, why they're the best, why Ryan was breaking world records. Like why Troy mm. was just producing unbelievable sermons. Like they're doing something different over there than what was happening over here. Um, so I think I just always knew that Florida was a place to be. And, uh, you know, once I did my research as well and like understood a bit more about the training environment there, the, the workload that they do, it was kind of similar to what I was looking to do here and what I was currently doing at training. Like I've always been, you know, a really hard worker as far as being able to handle quite a lot of, of meterage and yardage. And every mm. year I was trying to do more and more. And that was suited for me because when I was younger, I was never that strong or, or just physically built. So I was having to really work uh very hard to just get bigger and better so i thought that the transition from what i was currently doing and what i heard and could see that florida were doing was right up my alley um so yeah i just knew that florida was where i needed to go yeah i always find too that the most successful foreign athletes are the ones that fully embrace their new environment and i got that yeah. sense from you you know straight away like you had you had taken on everything that Florida was selling and you were buying into it and you were, mm -hmm. you were eating it up. And that's kind of why you had immediate success, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like the, uh, and it wasn't just Florida. It's like all the, the whole NC2A circuit and especially the SEC from what I could see, it's like that team environment, that high mm -hmm. intense team environment was like perfect for me. And it's something that you can't really replicate outside of the U S because it's all done on team points, right? It's all done on, 
how you're placing as a as a team based off individual results and i just love that's that that's the process of how we're going to measure success you know we got 20 guys and 20 girls you know smashing every race we're going to do well as a team and that's going to make us all happy and then we're going to all kind of achieve our uh collective goals so yeah that that was exactly the mindset and the environment that i needed and i bought into straight away and it wasn't like i was coming in and trying to change anything i was like right how do we do over here yes sir i'll do that Mm. and just really just buy into the process right 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 yeah that that's that's a given right that's that's absolutely necessary in order to have success yeah. i think in the pool but but outside the pool there's some things you got to let go of too like you're you're living back in scotland now you, you're loving life back in scotland obviously but there's things that when you move to florida you've got to accept you got to let go of you in order to succeed in order to kind of fully embrace your environment so like those those things outside of the pool that had an influence on you as well what are the things you had to let go of and what are the things you kind of had to embrace yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, the the fact that I'm back in Scotland now, like I obviously this place means a lot to me. Um, yeah. I got great roots here, great family and friends. Um, yeah. But they all they all bought into why I was out there as well. Like they all knew that. All right, Dan's he's on some sort of mission here. He's on some mm. sort of journey. So mm. you know, having to let go of that and let go of that and just you know go out to somewhere i'd never visited before somewhere i'd never thought about living or settling down um was a big adjustment but it's crazy because like looking back at it now it feels like so long ago and i was so young at the time um but just the culture over in america like the weather was great right so i wasn't Mm -hmm. like those there was some things that were awesome being a part of a a a large organization as well like the university Mm -hmm. of florida was really special um and I, I think i appreciate that from from straight away um but yep. you know you have to kind of uh like grow up and mature very much on your own like my family my mentors over here like were they were on the other side of the world so i kind of had to figure things out myself and i hopefully surround yourself with the right people and there was some great leaders both on the coaching staff uh within my friendship groups um with on the team as well that you know, allowed me to kind of have that sense of having a family away from away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot that you had to kind of just figure out, like what kind of guy do you want to be? What kind of man do you want to grow into? And I think that that's mm-hmm. what these um, these university programs do really well is that, yeah, they want you to be a, a great athlete when you walk away from here, but they also want you to be hopefully a better and mature person. And there's like obviously bumps in the roads, but, you know, you got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about um you, you mentioned Lochte and even even Troy, Greg Troy. Um, what are some of the things you learn from them you think that um set you up for success or, or had you know continued to success while you were there for the four years? What why did you click so well with that training group and, and even that coaching style? Yeah, um I I still do and I always did just have the utmost respect for Greg Troy. Uh he he knew how to push my buttons mm. uh, in the right way and i needed that so i needed to you know i got th- quite quite thick skin i'd say and i and i needed to be like kind of on that short leash and just like kind of he needed to be on top of me at all times in order mm. to get the best out of me you know some people might, might need the things a bit more kind of sugar-coated and a bit more gentle but i needed you to say it how it is and tell him what to do and if i'm not doing it call me out Mm. And, and and Troy did that from day one so there was no issue there so that was really good so he knew how to really push me mm. to the point where I was then working a lot harder than I ever thought 
I could and I was doing better than I ever thought I could. Right. On the flip side of that, um, someone like Ryan just was having the best time at practice and in training and in life all the time. And he was able to toggle on and off between Ryan Lochte, world-class athlete, the best in the world, and Ryan Lochte goofing around in practice, like having having a great time. And, you know, it's very cliche, but like I was just trying to enjoy myself in the sport. Um, and I think that there's times to be serious and there's times to have a laugh. And mm. being in these team environments, a lot of uh, team sports, like the the camaraderie you get between your uh, your teammates is so special. And you're always you're gonna have fun no matter what you're doing. So I learned from Ryan that there's there's times to switch on and there's times to switch off. Um, and I was able to do that quite well, where I would never not look forward to going to practice. I was always looking forward to going to practice because I knew it was gonna be good fun for two hours, gonna be surrounded by some fun people. Uh, but at the same time, we were gonna work hard, and that's what Troy did. He came in and he worked us hard. But then as teammates, we all made sure that we were enjoying herself as much as it could yeah man i'm looking at uh your resume here and the, some of the success you had i mean early on um you know you've had success you had success in the, in the 200 freestyle and you're part of kind of this uh you know hold on i think i lost you there it's still good i can't i'm not got any audio what about now Yeah, so I was saying you had you you went in uh, with the intention to be successful in the in the IM, which which you were uh, really successful in your medleys. But uh, you, your two hundred freestyle came on too, and you were part of this uh, early team in in Great Britain that had success at some some big championships, World Championships, Olympic Games, things like that. This this Great Britain team has just kicked on for the past kind of. 10 years now where there's they've had this dominance in in the 200 freestyle especially as as a group as a unit what are you seeing in great britain that is enabling them to have this kind of success oh it's uh it's so great to see it's so great to see because we've seen it for other nations and other relays the us for example have just been right. so dominant across almost all the relays for so long but for us now to get um like that movement that that generation of just like we've been kicking ass in the four by two and now in other relays as well the medleys and the shorter ones to see this movement and and just like you said they're like yeah like kind of being one of the early the early figures in that is something i'm pretty proud of um yeah like obviously i saw a medley so i was always going to work on other strokes and probably mm -hmm. could have had a pretty good tuner breaststroke if i wanted to my tuner freestyle i was always going to be working on because i got to come home good in that medley so and because it's 200, like I was, you know, I could always do the 200 free, even 400 free as well at one point. And I think that we just, uh, the stars start to align for us as as a nation when the likes of, I mean, Robbie Rennick was around for years and he didn't quite have the other three on the team at the time. And there was moments where he had some really good guys, but he was always the star and he needed, you know, he needed someone on the bench with him. Um, and then we got like James Guy who came through mm. as a youngster. And then suddenly we had a couple superstars that that could put together a really good team, and you know I was one of those fillers where I, I managed to make it for a couple of years, and and I think that all you need is that all you need is a couple of guys to to collectively 
stand up and race well together alongside each other and then you get that kind of momentum and mm. and and now if you're british you're like i want to be great at tuna freestyle because if i'm on that relay you know we're contending for gold we're, we're contending mm. for the world record so it's like that it's a golden ticket now mm. you know so people it's such an attractive event to be good at in the uk and that started off with just a couple of guys getting dropping those world-class times in in the same era and it's now it's it's like um it's like recruiting to 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 a sports mm. team you know you get a couple of good guys that that come in at once and then for the next five ten years you've got just this uh this next generation wanting to come to that team because at one point you, it was it was all aligned and that's a really strong team so we yeah we put together a strong team and, and i and i and i think for for you hopefully years to come there's going to be people that are training right now that are 13 14 15 and their eyes are set on being an amazing tuna freestyle amazing mm -hmm. medley swimmer amazing four by one four by one medley um team member because we're good at that now we, we can go up against the best in the world um so i think that it, yeah. over time it just starts to snowball and, uh, and it's now a bit of a legacy and it's so it's now you know we had a couple good runs but it's now like how how long do we want to push this for how long do we want to be the best for because it's great to win you know olympic gold medal as part of a four by two relay team but we want to we want to repeat that and then repeat that and then repeat that just like the mm. us have been doing for generations so mm. it's now like it's our time it's our turn and um, yeah so yeah it's cool to be a part of that like initial wave yeah well the, that's what i was going to say like that started with you man you and a couple other guys the mentality of like we're getting on the podium you know and that and that's a tough thing to initiate isn't it to start of like hey we can be on the podium we can actually be on the top of the podium as well we can contend and like that mentality start somewhere and i guess maybe some of that was born from you going over to america and being around a guy like ryan lochte and, and being coached by troy and people like that and believing that hey we can expect more out of ourselves too you know oh, definitely it's it's confidence right it's um individuals having confidence that they are good enough to podium themselves mm -hmm. and then it's having four to six guys that all believe they can podium and then as a team you've just got this really strong foundation of really great athletes that believe that they can they can not just win medals but win the event and i think there was a shift uh within team gb and british swimming a couple of years ago when we were almost a bit sick and tired of our goals being let's make top 16 top eight mm. let's it, it shifted to like hold on we've got jimmy guy now and we've got pe and we've got these you know amazing rock star athletes like mm. we're not shooting to make top eight we're not even shooting to get top three we're shooting to win now um and i think that it's just that individual confidence and and uh those those good results build future confidence so we're just like everything gets bigger and better and you get you become mm. stronger as a team when you all don't just believe you can win but actually start winning and um, yeah. you just need that one glimpse of success and, and that that one good result and you're like all right we can do this let's, let's just keep going uh the yeah. us are just so confident the americans i don't know what it is culturally i talk about this quite a lot like everyone that i know over there were just like if they said they were going to do something they were going to do it it wasn't like well what if it doesn't go well it's like you know we i know i can do this whatever the goal is i know i can do it and i think that british culture are almost like we're quite quiet about our goals they don't shout as loud um but i think that we should um the americans shout about it right uh they want they, they let you know um and i think that works it works for them so i think that you know, Team GB have got some great results that they can back up back up their confidence now. And um, 
and hopefully for generations now we're just we're just shooting for for higher goals uh, because of that yeah mate look how good is tom dean and matt richards i mean yeah. the, the two of the best ever mate like these guys and they're hungry they're young and they don't they don't back down at all do they it's uh what's so amazing to see about that is like i mentioned jimmy guy so he burst on the scene tuna freestyle mm. world champion and then duncan came along and he was mm. then already got he was then the guy and then like within a split second yeah, tom came along and then mm. and now you got matt richards it's like it's never ending mm. so it's not like we've got one stud on the team it's like we've got four you know world champion yeah. you know levels uh freestyle swimmers mm. So like you don't know who, who to put your money on there, which is like so exciting as someone that is trained and raced with almost all of them. Um, it's great to see, and I want that to continue. Like yeah, sure, Matt Ridges was a guy, overall chance, but next year I want it to be someone else, and next year I want it to be someone else, and you mm. just slowly get this like pedigree of you know a, a gold medal winning talent, and if they're all on the same team, it's like it's so cool to see. So I don't know who I'm gonna put my money on going forward because it could go anyway and and um i'm biased towards jimmy because he's a very good friend of mine but you know to see him even medal european short course just passed and like he's still he's still in the fight now as well so um it's very exciting it's cool to see yeah man, I, look i agree I, I think all those guys are in the fight and you're right at, at times it feels like a toss of the coin but uh you know and i will say i did interview matt richards and i was like really impressed with his mental attitude you know like mm -hmm. physically i don't know i have never seen him train i watched him yeah. race a couple of times like physically he looks as good as anybody else out there you know but mentally i was like oh this guy's got an edge about him you know yeah there's so, i i don't know matt personally that well um but what i've loved about he's just taken every he's doing everything in his control in the right way so he's training at Millfield where he knew it worked for him he's got mm. he's gone back to his roots he's he's playing it safe he's not just uh thrown out the wall and hopefully it works like he's understanding okay this is exactly what I need to do to reach these goals he's being clinical about it and mm. um, which is and, and he's getting those results so that's just giving him so much confidence he's on the right track and I remember listening or, or reading a little interview after after he won Mm. and uh he was still critiquing like the results like oh yeah next year we still got some stuff we mm. need to work on it's like wow like he's yeah. his goals are bigger than than just oh, yeah. winning gold which is mm. exactly what we want um like yeah. we just spoke about like 15 years ago 10 years ago it's like the goals for our team were to get guys in the top eight and now it's like we're got we got guys winning and they're still not they're still not happy they're still not they still want a bit more um, so that's exactly yeah. what we need. Um, so it's going to be cool. And, and it's like, you know, I, I can't wait for Olympic trials, you know, to mm. watch that, to see which which two are going to get, you know, the, the, the individual spot. It's like I used to watch uh, at Omaha, I used to watch the US trials and there was just like the top four, top five, top six could make the Olympic fight, the Olympic podium. So we mm. kind of have that kind of situation now. Um with our guys and uh that's really cool that's really special that might not last forever but hopefully it does yeah i mean it's hard to sit here as an outsider and and you've probably heard this a million times and may, may even laugh at this but it's hard to sit here as an outsider and see your last name and see where you come from <laughs> and not correlate the the heritage to the mentality as well you know like my favorite movie right is braveheart like i just yeah i've watched it a hundred times so 
So is that like, what's the correlation between your last name and any, any form of heritage when it comes to, to that? I, uh, I haven't really done the research, but, um, to be oh, Scottish, you got to get out there and do the 23 and me. I know I really need to, because to be Scottish and have the second name Wallace, it's uh, it's pretty badass to be honest. Mm, mm. Um, so even if it's just that kind of reputation, then it's, it's good enough for me. It's uh, yeah, I'm very proud to be Scottish. And, uh, you know, we spoke about for the last couple of minutes, they're racing for great Britain, but mm. I also have the opportunity or had the opportunity to race for just Scotland on our own at, at Commonwealth games twice. And that's like really special. That's when I feel really proud to, mm. to be doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, Glasgow 2014 Commonwealth games was very much a career highlight for me. Not yeah, just I was because say of, one um, of the greatest races in your career, uh, or yeah. one of the greatest races I've ever seen, you know, at home like that. I, and it wasn't even just uh, the results that was awesome for me there. It was like the, the whole atmosphere to have like a home games, mm. you know, as I said, with the second name Wallace, like it was all mm. a bit of a fairy tale and, uh, you know, mm. walking out into the, the final of the, those medley swims and, and at, the, at the games and like 80%, maybe more of the crowd are like chanting your name and want you to win was like so, so special. Um, not many people get to, not only represent their country in the home games but do really well and and that's when i kind of shot onto the scene and i, mm. I did some respectable world-class times which um it was yeah as you just said a bit of a fairy tale for me yeah yeah i can't believe you haven't dug into that more man like geez come on get it get out yeah. there and do some history on yourself that uh, maybe that's i awesome. should yeah. yeah absolutely um how much of that how much of that is true actually by the way the the story of william wallace is that is that actual fact yeah i think a lot of, it's very factual as far as um there was a big rivalry and issues between england and scotland and hmm. he was kind of the leader in rebelling against them and uh, that kind of fits me a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but yeah that he was uh, he was a badass and he, and and he, and he wore the name loudly and proudly um so it's uh it's something i honestly don't think about it a lot but uh, i guess from an outsider's point of view it's quite cool to think about and uh it's a kick-ass movie so maybe i yeah. should uh i think we did once watch it on the uh on the team bus at florida on the way to sec as we watched braveheart and that got me real fired oh, up yeah that's what it was a great that was our secret i would have been pumping that myself don't worry about yeah. it yeah. um that's awesome is there is there any kind of like uh heritage side or uh you know place where people can go and visit is, is there anything there in in scotland yeah there's uh there's quite a bit actually about um uh william Wallace, my second name and uh it's at the university of sterling so in mm. sterling it's like uh it's quite a small city i guess in uh, scotland i trained there for for about a year and i i went through there as a youngster quite a lot because that's kind of where uh, it's like the Scot Scottish National Performance Centre, not just for swimming, for a lot of other sports. That's where Duncan uh, trains right now and Stephen Tigg coaches and, and quite a few others as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like the where it's all based. So there's a lot of Scottish heritage around there. I've had friends from the US come out and I take them to Stirling and mm -hmm. kind of show that. I mean, it's you look around, it's, it's surrounded by, you know, uh like big hills and mountain ranges and mm. it's uh it's a very kind of cool place and there's there's castles and you know that's what i like as a youngster i don't appreciate that kind of stuff and then i went to the us and i was like wow like my history goes way way further mm. back than your guys i was so as i yeah. get older I'm, I'm way more interested in that kind of stuff and appreciate mm. like where i'm from 
Um, but yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot that's happened in in where I'm from that I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, no, it fascinates me, mate. I'd love to get out there and and take that tour myself and check it out. That'd be cool. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I I made my first Olympic team when I was 25, and and I see here you retired at 24. Why did you stop so early, man? Yeah, it's it's a question I get so often, Brett. Um, but I was um, do you know what? It was such an intense like Olympic cycle for me. As far mm-hmm. as 2011, moved to Florida. It started to pay off. 2013 first world champs, 2014 Comic Games, 15 world championships where you know we won in the relay. I, mm-hmm. I stood up and raced against Ryan in the final, stuff like that. And then like and then Rio 2016. I felt like that was it was crazy for me. It was just so intense. It was a whirlwind three, four years. And uh and luckily, and I feel very fortunate that within that small, that small time period, like I achieved all all my goals as a little kid, I achieved all the goals I'd ever set out. Mm. Um, and I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. And then I remember 2016 kind of asking myself, right, what are the goals for the next four years? And um, performance-based goals were basically more or less all the same, but maybe try and improve a couple of places. Like, mm. I don't know, maybe I would sell myself short and, it, you know, you know, the Commonwealth Games gold medal should have been then upgraded to like okay well let's try and win world championships Mm -hmm. but i was i felt pretty happy with the way i the the way i performed the last four years Mm. um so i i was trying i was struggling on motivation to be honest like you've all heard of like the olympic blues and and kind of how athletes feel pretty down and pretty low energy and pretty demotivated after a pinnacle year like the Olympics and, and a pinnacle event. So I was really struggling with that. And I was like, right, well, what else do I want to do within the sport? Is there anything else in the sport that I want to do? Like I've just spent four years at UF. I've, I've you know, gone to all the major meets and I've luck enough won medals, all of, almost all of them as well. Mm-hmm. So performance-wise, I was like, I am happy with that. Like I... I don't need to keep chasing it and keep repeating it. Some people become obsessed with it and they are, you know, the reigning Olympic champion and they want to be the same next four years and, and repeat that. But for me, that was never something I was like losing sleep over. Um, and maybe that, that was just my mindset and maybe my goal should have been to to repeat it. But I felt like, hold on, I've got I've got an opportunity here to like leave the sport on my own terms. Um and not be, not not let it be based off performance right. or injury or being cut from teams or anything. Like I was like, I you know, I'm I'm doing pretty well here, but I can start to exit the sport in my own terms. So basically yeah. from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen, I was basically working on like let's call it like an exit plan where I was like, right, what do you want to squeeze out the last couple of years here? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be trying to chase more medals or is it gonna be just enjoying the sport for what it is and uh you know, my mindset was a little bit foggy at that point, and I was, you know, as I just said, demotivated and a little bit lost because I knew that I didn't want to be in a sport, but I didn't know what I wanted to do afterwards. Mm. So yeah, it's common, it's, a, right? it's it's a tough time for a lot mm. of people. They feel very lost, and they have answers. They have questions they can't get answers to, mm. and uh, even though there was support there, I just felt I needed to stop swimming. I felt like I'd done it, and and that was it mm. for me. But I didn't know what I was going to do. So yeah, like. Physically, could have kept going. I was still mm. strong and healthy, and uh, performance-wise, I probably could have got some another few years of great results. But like mentally, I just felt like I was done with swimming. But 
at the same time, didn't really know what I was going to do. So it's a tough time. And looking back on it, um, yeah, I was a little, a little lost. But at the same time, I was happy because I thought this is what I needed to do. And this is what I wanted to do. And I was happy that I was able to do it on my own terms. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Former swimmers looking for a way to give back to the sport in New York City? Reach out to Imagine Swimming. Since 2002, they've been the premier learn to swim school with international and American staff, including Olympic champions, Anthony Irvin and Eric Vent. Imagine Swimming offers infant to adult classes, plus competitive team options, water polo, and an artistic swimming club coached by an Olympic silver medalist. With flagship locations across Manhattan and Brooklyn, Imagine is always looking for the next generation of swimmers to pass on their knowledge and passion for swimming. Tired of settling for less than the best with your team's dry land program? SwimStrong Dryland is the answer you've been looking for. With world-class dryland programming for every age group, customized to fit your team's needs, nutritional coaching and education centered on the latest evidence-based research, leadership training and character development to promote an athlete-driven culture, sports psychology education and mental skills training, coaches' corners to promote collaboration, data-driven performance analysis, and an unrivaled family of athletes, coaches, and teams, fast swimming starts here. Tom. Look, if you're ever interested, we can get you part of the sprint revolution as well, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been seeing up. that. I've been I've been keeping a close eye on it. It's uh it's cool. And what's interesting is so like after 2018, I wanted nothing to do with the sport. So I there was no coaching, there was no following results, there was nothing like that. Mm. So I didn't really know what the world of swimming looked like. And it's mm. only actually in the last 12 months I've started to get back into it and I've started to become passionate about like following results and seeing which swimmers are doing well and and, and who's coaching where and you know seeing stuff online yeah. like content wise as well like only now starting to find myself moving back towards the mm -hmm. sport um so i'm pretty clued up in it now but there was a long period it was like four years maybe where um i had nothing to do with swimming and i felt like i needed to do that um yeah yeah you know i think that's pretty common though like that that's that's a fairly common response is like when you feel like you've you've given everything in order to move on you got to let go of it too right yeah. and so it's the same thing as like moving from scotland to florida you got to let go of some things and at the mm -hmm. end of your your swim career you got to let go of it in order to kind of refocus and go somewhere else with it you can still take those skills that you learned and apply them somewhere else but in order to move on fully you, you got to let go sometimes and sometimes that just means blocking it out and not looking at yeah. it not seeing it um which is completely understandable but i have seen some stuff especially recently where you're you're doing some ice swimming um you've also done um the english channel as well uh, you've done some yeah. long distance swimming there for for charity events and stuff tell tell us about how you got back into some of that swim stuff yeah so um it is interesting because obviously as i said when i stopped i wanted nothing to do with it and uh, i'm now finding myself um not just interested in the sport again but actually taking part in it again and i mm. never thought i'd do that um and it was uh you know I, I had a conversation with some old uh teammates at university of florida jack Bozinski, who i swam with and uh he was like he just moved to london and i was living there at the time and he said listen dude let's uh, let's get a team together let's swim the english channel because i guess that's what he thought people did when they moved to London or moved to England. So, uh, yeah, I've not had skinny people, man. No, we don't no. have skinny people in <laughs> No. So, I was like, all right, we can maybe put teams together. So, uh, called up a couple of old some teammates and look, let's send the channel as a relay and let's, uh, let's do it for charity because I think that makes it 
a bit more purposeful because um, mm. I had no interest in, in swimming the channel, to be honest, at the start. Mm. But obviously, as we got into it, it was nice because it was a very purpose purposeful way of getting back into swimming. Um, mm. We were we were meeting up regularly for for um, training in and around work in London, and then you know over a few months got our fitness up to a good point. Um, as a, for the swim itself you know we raised well over six figures for charity which was like wow. incredible to do mm. um, and that really opened my eyes to okay hold on maybe i'm not quite done with sport yet maybe i'm not quite done with swimming um i know that i was ne i'm never going to get back into the high performance i'm not going to mm -hmm. fully get back into 11 sessions a week but it did right. just give me a taste of what swimming was like again i was like i do miss this like you know we're both capable swimmers so we can both appreciate when we go for a swim we can make mm -hmm. it nice and easy and smooth and therapeutic mm -hmm. and like the gliding through the water um i love the motion and, and the muscle memory there and a lot of people don't get to ever experience that so mm -hmm. i want to keep that up for as long as i can i want to be at a point where i can swim a, a 1000 meters you know in 30 minutes over a session and just feel nice the whole time um so i i got to experience that again and i was like this is nice i quite like getting back in the pool uh, and then from there I, i'm looking into kind of some mental health things around cold water exposure and, and immersion mm. and i was doing the ice baths and I, I live right by the coast here and it's it's freezing out there but i, I was <laughs> jumping in the sea and i was like this is really fun and you know this is this is technically still swimming right so i'm like i'm getting to see a whole other side of the sport that i thought i was done with and then i i found out about these ice ice swimming competitions which are crazy by the way um <laughs> it's like basically a regular swim meet but the water is sub five degrees celsius i don't know what mm -hmm. that is in fahrenheit but it's pretty mm -hmm. damn cold mm -hmm. yeah that's um, cold. <laughs> and uh so i just came i just got back from romania actually last week when i was competing at the european ice championships um wow. And it's a very humbling event because uh, trying to swim a hundred freestyle at, at a race pace in sub five degrees, mm. your body freaks out. You don't; it doesn't know what it's doing. The last twenty five, there's no uh, blood or oxygen getting to your muscles, and mm. you just like seize up. So I was like, "Wow, I've never experienced anything like that." Um, so for me, I always like to do new things. I like new challenges. That's pretty much how I felt at the end of every 100 freestyle, by the way. I didn't matter what the water temperature <laughs> Yeah, I can relate. You know, you're right. It is. It, everyone has felt that pain before. Um, but imagine your whole body being yeah. numb from it. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, what I liked about that is uh, I'm like finding other ways to enjoy swimming mm. again, mm. Um, like doing charity swims, doing ice competitions. Like it's swimming, but it's not the swimming that I knew. And I like yeah. that because I don't want as the reason that I stopped swimming was I didn't want to just keep repeating the same thing. I wanted to do different things and, and, and get joy out of the sport in different ways. And I'm finding I'm finding that again. And that's why I think I'm becoming more passionate about it again. And on even a coaching point of view, I, I'm getting more into that side of things. And I'm just understanding that swimming is not all about being the fastest tuna medicine in the world. It's that's one that's what's one version of swimming for one person right that's what i what i thought swimming was when i was 21 years old but now i realize that there's a whole other side of it there's uh there's yeah. ice swimming there's distance swimming there's charity stuff there's teaching there's coaching you know i run a swim school now and it's like i teach three-year-olds mm. up to 15 year olds and it's like wow there's there's a lot more i can get out of this sport that i didn't i wasn't aware of and that's why i needed yeah. that time away to come back and come back in a new way
I'm actually glad you're you're speaking about this and and you've had this um kind of epiphany in, in yourself as well because uh I think I went through some of this stuff too. Um after college I was so burnt out I just wanted to walk away from it and took mm -hmm. some time away and and I realized to myself I hadn't touched the water um in many years, you know, about 10 years just from coaching and being so involved on the pool deck. I hadn't mm -hmm. really looked after my own health and my own side of things as well. And so I had, I had pushed, pushed that away. And, and after that experience, I kind of came back to kind of reconnecting with the water again. And mm -hmm. one of the realizations that I had, which, which I'm glad you're having now is that look for, for whatever reason, you and I were born with a God given talent. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's just the way it is. Like when I, when I watch Dan Wallace swim, I'm like, that guy is talented. Now that doesn't take away any of the work that you did and, and the, the, the time that you put into your craft, but you have definitely been blessed with a God given talent that is beyond. And I'm not talking about just the, the normal uh, and the usual I'm talking about the, the, the 1% of 1% people in the whole world, you know, just these, and we were just blessed with that. And so for anytime I see somebody just shut swimming out of their life completely, it, it bothers me now because I'm like, mm -hmm. man, you were given this gift for a reason. It was put in you for some reason. And I'm glad that you're connecting with that now, whether that's jumping in, you know, ice water or you know, teaching kids or whatever it is, is like it was given to you. And, and I think we have a responsibility to that. When, when the 1% of 1% people, uh, are given this certain gift, right? Like I wasn't given the gift of being musical or, um, you know, whatever it is in applied to life. But in terms of this swimming gift, I was given it and you were given the same gift. So whenever I see somebody reconnect with that gift again, it makes me happy, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's really what I'm, what I've been going through the last 12 months is like realizing that I know a lot about swimming right. and, yeah. and, and I, it, that's, that's what made me good. And that's mm -hmm. what made me successful in the sport. And for a while I shut that side of me out, but then I was, mm. you know, little things like I would get friends asking me for advice and like, I would almost question like, why do they, why are they asking me? But then it's like, it became, it was second nature for us for so long that we mm -hmm. could just, we could get in the pool and we knew how to do it, but not everybody can just get in and they don't have the talent that we have mm -hmm. and i think that it is our responsibility to give that back mm -hmm. and if you can find passion in that then it's really important mm -hmm. so i think mm -hmm. i needed the time away from the sport to then come yeah. back and be like i have more to give because this is something i know so well this is something i can help others with i can and i can still help myself with as well um so i'm loving that you you know that that epiphany that i'm having now mm -hmm. on like I still do love this sport and I still got a lot to give and I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. I love that, mate. Um, where can people find you, uh, on your social media? Um, so Dan Wallace 93, I'm putting together like kind of loads of just little swimming content things. So following what I'm up to doing these crazy ice swims, but at the same time trying to give some sort of a direction on, on, uh, just like, tricks of the trade that mean you know inside and out but but most people won't uh, i'm also working on some kind of like online coaching as well um so mm. that's going to be on swimmer.com um it's swimmer without the e and that's going to be a bit more of a a, a full-blown education platform where there's courses around technique and and specific areas of the sport um along with some programs as well and um, there's going to be some collaborative courses with other athletes as well um, because i think that collaboration is a great way to get 
more information out there and hopefully give more people guidance. Um, I'm just one person, so trying to work with other people on that. Um, so there's going to be loads of stuff where they can kind of keep in, keep keep up to date with what I'm doing and what I'm trying to trying to give back as well. Mm, I love that, mate. Good stuff. That's awesome. Congrats on that, and really happy to hear that you're you're doing this stuff and reconnecting in a, in a big way. And I hope that down the line, maybe even there's some way that you could connect with, uh, you know, Scottish swimming or or British swimming in some way where you can give back to them as well. Um, that'd be super cool. But if it, if that doesn't eventuate, at least you're doing this and and you're connecting with the world. And I see you putting really good stuff out on social media already. And that's just gonna you're going to get better at that the more you do. So, so that's cool. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to pass on my respects to you. I mean, you always, as a competitor, you always gave me everything you had. You always gave me your best. And and I love that, you know, and I always, I always say this about Greg Troy. I've said this a couple of times on this program here is like, the thing I loved about Troy is that you knew you were going in for a fight. Every time you competed against Troy, it was going to be an all out fight but it was going to be a fair fight, right? Like you both had gloves on and you were both going to punch each other in the face. And at the end, <laughs> Greg was going to shake your hand, win or lose, right? Yeah. Most of the time he would beat me up pretty good, but I was like, you know, <laughs> I respected the fact that he would come to you and he would and he would look you in the eye and he would thank you for your competition. And I always, I always felt that about you too, man. You were respectful, but you were tough as nails, man. And And I always have ultimate respect for people like that, you know? I really appreciate those words. And I think that, yeah, you know, Troy, you know, he put the gloves on and, and he would put up a good fight. And I think that that's what he instilled in us as well. It's mm, like every yeah. opportunity you get, you give it your best. Um, and, you know, I'm thankful for the lessons that I've been taught within the sport. Uh, they're, they're still the same mindsets and attitudes that I use every single day, no matter what I'm doing. Um, mm. So it's great to be able to discuss that with you today and uh, catch up. Yeah. Cool, mate. Good to see you, Dan. And, um, if there's anything I can do for you, always uh, available, okay? Amazing. Thank you, Brett. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers.